Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Connor, Grace, and myself, Sean, we're here today. We're going to be talking about the red line that the Taliban has given Joe Biden as to getting Americans out of Afghanistan and what that means and the implications of that declaration. But before we get into the discussion, we have to ask you a favor. Could you please like this video, share this video, comment on this video? Do you think the ragtag army of the Taliban should be dictating to the most powerful government in the world what should and should not happen? Comment below. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, if you're not a member of Freedom Wire, please become one. Real easy to do. Give us your email by clicking the link on the bottom right-hand side of the screen, and we will start sending stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us, and you probably won't read anywhere else. All right, guys. Um, yeah. Taliban seems to be throwing their weight around in Afghanistan, dictating uh, to Joe Biden through the CIA, who had a secret meeting with the Taliban on Monday that they have a red line to get all Americans out of Afghanistan by August 31st, which is basically giving them six days to get tens of thousands of Americans out of this now terrorist controlled country. Yeah, and right after that happened, uh, they immediately stepped up their efforts to get Americans out of the country. I just wrote about it and they got 12, like 12,600 people out yet in one day yesterday across 40 different flights. So I like how it takes a threat from the Taliban for them to actually get their stuff together and get Americans out of there. It's just crazy that we weren't prioritizing that on our own. And even then we, still don't really know how many of the people on that flight or on those various flights were Americans. We just know, yeah, we just know the numbers. We don't know how many, the fact that it wasn't all Americans first Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. But the fact that the Taliban is now able to draw this red line that they are able to threaten consequences. I actually think we have a video clip of that press release coming up in a second fact they're able to do that is because they are now stronger than they were two weeks ago and i'll tell you why in a second here's that clip us or the uk wanted to extend the 31st of august deadline in order to continue evacuations out of the country would you agree to that no no why not this is something you can say it's a red line president biden announced uh, this agreement that until uh, 31st of August, they would withdraw all their military forces. Uh, so if they extend it, that means they are extending occupation. While uh, there is no need uh, for, for that, I think that it will deteriorate the relation, that will uh, create mistrust bet- between us. If they c- are intent on continuing the occupation, so it will um, uh, provoke a reaction. So the reason they're able to say that is because they are now armed with American weapons, American equipment, American vehicles, and have taken over space that used to be inhabited by Americans. Before, 
they were what they've always been, which is roughly the modern equivalent of a barbarian horde from the Dark Ages. But now they have all of our stuff. They have all of our Apache attack helicopters. I'm pretty sure they have more than roughly 166 other nations in the world combined right now. So the fact that they have that is meaning we gave them the ability to threaten us more effectively. And on top of that, you just saw the clip from over the weekend of Taliban soldiers dressed in our gear, holding our weapons, recreating the raising of the Iwo Jima flag as they raised a Taliban flag over Kabul. They're mocking us while dressed in things that the taxpayers paid for that they stole. This, this is an absolute failure by this administration. And the fact that they left all our people there to be at risk is just insane. But we've done three episodes on this now, and it, it's not getting better. Here's the problem. And, 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 and this is this may be tinfoil hat territory, um, but it's something that needs to be talked about. This is either the biggest blunder by any president ever, militarily speaking, or it was done deliberately. That's the only way you can justify leaving that much American equipment behind. Either you are supremely inadequate at your job or you wanted this to happen. Either this was the biggest under the table arms deal that we've ever seen happen or the president is just that incapable of doing the job that he was hired to do, which is protect Americans. Bottom line, this is either, he, he is either the most incompetent president we've ever had or the most underhanded president we've ever had. And either way, that means we need to get him out of our office immediately. I completely agree with you. And I, I try not to get into that tinfoil hat space. Um, you know, of course I like to think about it sometimes, but um, you know, it's, they had all of the intelligence that every indication that something like this was going to happen. And I think it could go 50, 50. I think that they could have been so incompetent that they didn't know what to do and how to handle things, or there, maybe there was infighting, which is entirely possible. Who knows? Um, or it could be, like you said, that it was intentional and it is really concerning that we're approaching 9-11 in just like 15 days or less and they have the Taliban and the Al-Qaeda flag flying, and we still have tens of thousands of Americans stuck in Afghanistan. Like this is a imminent, to me, like whether or not there's any stated threat, this is an imminent threat either way, considering the symbolism of 9-11. So the fact that the administration is just dropping the ball in this and doesn't seem to care and only pretends when they have to, when their approval rating drops or whatever, uh, it's, it's unacceptable and I think it's impeachable. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring up the quote that I often mention in situations like this. It's called Hanlon's Razor. Never attribute to malice that which can more easily be explained by stupidity. Uh, it is entirely possible that rather than, than there being some big conspiracy to arm our enemies abroad, uh, we just have an administration that literally is this stupid, this self-obsessed, this blind to things. Because bear in mind, 
the guy who's currently in charge of the executive uh, executive branch has been wrong on every major foreign policy decision he's been consulted on in the last 50 years. Like this is a track record. Go back and look at everything Biden has stood for. He has been wrong about it. He opposed decisions that ended up being good for us. He supported things that ended up being terrible. He has been wrong about all of it. Why would we expect this to be any different? He just brought in more people like himself. And it's entirely possible that they didn't even think to deal with all the equipment to evacuate all the civilians. They, they clearly weren't planning ahead. They were expecting the Afghan government, the Afghan military to uphold their country as we left. And that was a failure that they warned about for months coming up to this decision. But they chose to ignore all those reports and go ahead with it anyway, because it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And uh, hold on just a second, Connor. I want to push back with a different adage. And, and it's an adage that, they've, that we've heard before. And that's when it comes to the government, there's no such thing as coincidence. Hmm. You know, I want to clarify what I was saying about that. I don't think maybe it's possible it could have been the reason that they wanted to put all the weapons in the Taliban's hands, but I think it could go even deeper than that. I think maybe they want to, they want something to happen so that they have a reason to stay. Because I don't believe that the Democrats who are backed by the establishment want to leave Afghanistan and end an endless war. I think it's possible that they could be that evil where they would want something bad to happen to an American. So they say, oh, gotta stay everyone. Sorry, we tried to withdraw, we wanted to, but we can't anymore. So I think it can go as deep as that. And I'm not trying to make any claim, but you know. Well, there's always the risk of military industrial complex type deals because that happens on both sides. That's why we've been in this place for 20 years in the first place. It happens all the time. We see it. We see people angling for conflict, hoping for large scale warfare because it benefits them because they make money off of it. Uh, but before we can even get into any of that, you've got to address the facts on the ground as it is right now. Because, you know, there's all those references to, oh, Biden's term is basically just Obama's third term because he brought back all his foreign policy things. Look at what happened under Obama. We got Benghazi. Grace, you want to talk about the significance of things happening on 9-11. That's mm -hmm. when that happened. Right. Of course, uh, the State Department and Obama's administration and Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State all denied any significance to 9-11. They said that you know the Benghazi attack happening on the anniversary of September 11th was not significant. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just bunch of locals who got angry about a Mohammed cartoon published on the other side of the world and decided that to was attack. A, it was a video on YouTube and they arrested that man and put him in jail. Yeah. The video had less than 300 views, by the way. And this is what the government used to put a man in jail over. Yeah. And he did not so you know and, and here's here's a here's a the bottom line and Hannity Sean Hannity put it perfectly the other night when he said this is a hostage situation on the largest scale that's what's going on right now we have a hostage situation in Afghanistan 
that of something we've never had of, of nothing we've ever seen this big before. We have tens of thousands of Americans stuck there. They are all essentially hostages, all of them. And in order to get them out, our government has to work with the Taliban. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to rely on the Taliban. They have to negotiate with the Taliban. So essentially, you're right, they are hostages if they have to have CIA secret meetings in order to try to extend this deadline. Um, but I find it also weird because the UK, they're threatening the UK too. And the UK came out and immediately said yesterday, we will have no problem getting our people out by August 31st. They committed to that. And what did our people do? They came out, John Kirby did a press conference on yesterday, Monday, and he couldn't commit to that. He couldn't commit to getting all Americans out. And uh, so did uh, Jake Sullivan, and it, was it his title, National Security Advisor? And mm -hmm. he also couldn't commit to getting Americans out. So why is it that the UK can, but the United States can't? And it makes me think that something insidious is going on. Well, you want to know why they can't? It's because they can't get their act together enough to actually do anything on the ground here. Uh, we were just talking about this before the show started, but that clip from the other day of uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News asking Jen Psaki about the stranded Americans. Rather than her, she's had over a week to try to come up with an answer on this. She came back from her vacation and has decided to like actually start weighing in on things now. She had all that time to prepare a statement on what exactly they were going to do. And instead, she said, well, I wouldn't really use the word stranded. That might not be the best word. And here's the clip of her saying it right here. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan, it's the way that he has ordered it to happen, by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded? Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. Right I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. We are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. And you saw in there Peter Ducey saying, so is the official position of the administration now that there are no stranded Americans? The answer she gave was largely, we're, we're not sure. No, she, she, was, she was snarky. She's yes. like, I'm calling you out for saying that they are stranded. That's what she said. I'm calling you out. It is not the press secretary's place to call anybody out. It is her job to give us answers. And just because she cannot handle the uh, the questions that are being thrown at her doesn't give her the right to attack somebody asking her a legit question. This isn't like a, a Kaylee McEnany situation or a Sarah Huckabee Sanders situation where we just have reporters attacking her and the president instead of asking legit questions. This was a legitimate question that was asked to Jen Psaki and she she responded to it with um, with snark and and malice. And, um, you know, just like, you know, like she she didn't need to answer that kind of a question. Now, bear in mind, we got some snarky clapbacks from Kaylee McEnany and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. They were some of their best moments. 
but they also answered the question. They would have binders full of answers to address the actual situation. Uh, with, with all her sarcasm and her, her clapbacks that Saki attempts here, she didn't answer the question. They're, they're still no closer to getting their people out. These are American citizens still on the ground. And even when they're actively being threatened, we're starting to get videos of American citizens trying to get through uh, Afghan territory controlled by the Taliban. They're being attacked. They are being assaulted, harassed, threatened as they try to make their way to the airport. And we have no solution to it. We have a couple articles up right now. Uh, Robert O'Neill, the former SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden. Uh, Jocko Wilnick, the guy that you know so many people on the team love. Uh, another former SEAL. They've both made statements about what they would do, about how they would advise we handle this. We have links to that in the description if you want to read up on what they said. But these are men of action who are talking about what needs to happen here, how to take responsibility for it. And we have an administration that is neither taking action nor responsibility. And we might be about to start see, uh, seeing people die because of it. And there's no getting around that. That's on them. Robert O'Neill's response was, <laughs> was, was nothing short of, you know, action movie-esque, you know, style-esque rhetoric. Give me nine guys. We will walk in there and we will kill everybody we see. <laughs> That is, that is verbatim what yeah. Robert O'Neill said. We will snatch Americans and kill everybody we see. And here's the problem, or the, I don't want to say problem, but here's the, here's the thing about this is that's probably what's going to have to happen. Well, and I think that's what Trump was hinting at, at his rally on Saturday when he played the General Patton speech. Yeah, some some criticized him because he was it was a little graphic, but that's the kind of American strength that we need more of. And I hate to say it because war is ugly, but unfortunately, when you're dealing with people like the Taliban who don't mind beheading people and just chopping off their hands and doing whatever they have to to maintain dominance, I have no doubt that they will obviously would they would love to do that to Americans if they had the chance. And right now they can't afford to do it, but after August 31st, who knows? I mean, we, we have a problem with constantly trying to engage in the ugliness of a war like that while pretending like our hands are clean, our reputation's intact, and we're still the nice guys. Like, you can't really mince words about it. We are up against barbarians here, S absolute savages. Uh, I'm not saying Arab people are savages. I'm not saying Middle Eastern people are savages. Far from it. I'm saying the Taliban specifically is an organization that is made up of barbaric savages. You look at what they do. They kill, rape, plunder, torture, and maim people everywhere they go. And they do that to their own people. So imagine what they do to the people they capture who are their enemies. This is who we're dealing with. And you cannot have happy, friendly conversation with savages. Like there, there needs to be action taken against it. So Robert O'Neill's thing, there was a, give me nine guys, we'll go in there and kill everyone we see until we get the Americans out. Yeah, that's, that's might be a 
approaching the territory of a war crime there, but it's the kind of decisive action that would need to be taken in a scenario like this. And instead, we have an administration that is denying responsibility and refusing to take action of any kind. They have chosen instead to just throw their hands up in the air and be like, well, we'll do what we can, but I don't even they know if we call them stranded. Yeah, they surrendered. And that's why we have a group of people that are in, in the terms of global conflict, essentially armed with rocks and sticks, now dictating to the most powerful military on the planet exactly what has to happen. And they're negotiating from a position of strength. It, they're yeah. talking to us, not, not as equals, but as superiors. Because they no longer have rocks and sticks. They have mm -hmm. Blackhawks, they have fighter jets, they have 600,000 uh, M16s. That, I mean, the, the, we basically armed them to fight us for the next 20 years. And, and, and I, I have a, a theory about how this might potentially be resolved. We might end up having the deadline extended or things to you know cover Americans, get more people out. And it will consist of the Biden administration cutting a massive check to the new Taliban government because that's what Obama's foreign policy was. Sent palletfuls of cash to the Iranians in the middle of the night. They will resolve things not with additional conflict, but by pouring tons of money into a hostile administration in exchange for nothing more than their word that everything's going to be okay. And that will likely not stop the attacks, but right. they'll, they'll try. I don't think the Taliban has any loyalty. It's one thing to do it with something like Iran, who has a, a government, a legitimate government that's been established for a long time. And it's another thing to negotiate with militant groups who, like you said, are barbarians. I don't think they have any loyalty to the United States, and I don't think any amount of money could make that happen. Oh, they, they will not be true to their word. They will not uphold that promise, but they are more than happy to take the money. Sure. So they will, they will say everything they need to say to get it. Because when you see the, the way the Taliban acts, all they really want is to be considered a legitimate government. They're really angling for it. They're really trying to establish themselves as the new player in local politics. They want to be a government and Biden is constantly giving them that. Uh, I believe it was in that George Stephanopoulos interview from last week where he's talking about the Taliban in terms that would normally be reserved for an established government that you negotiate with, as opposed to a militant group that has taken over a country. We saw Obama do it all the time. Remember back when ISIS was a big thing, which by the way, there's now reports ISIS is joining up with the Taliban in Afghanistan, along with Al-Qaeda, so they're all showing up. It's a big reunion tour of everyone who hates us but obama did it when isis was everywhere because isis stands for the islamic state in syria that's where they were that's what their goal was barack obama constantly referred to them as isil which is the islamic state in the levant which was a much larger area so merely by acknowledging that they were in all these other places he was saying, oh yeah, they're much more powerful, they're much bigger, they're much more legitimate than we're, we're giving them credit for. It's not just ISIS, it's this much bigger thing. And they loved it. They ate it up because that's what they wanted. They, that was another group that was determined to start 
the global caliphate is what their goal was. Remember, Obama would never say radical Islam. He would never say radical Islamic terrorists. He would never even call them terrorists. And, and that's why people got so turned off from him and wanted to vote for Trump. Yeah, that, that was a major talking point of the 2016 election. Uh, it was one of the first lines Ted Cruz used when he was uh, one of the guys towards the top, kind of before Trump really took off there. It's like, we, we can't mm-hmm. fight radical Islamic terrorism if we're not willing to say radical Islamic terrorism. That's what we're dealing with right now. PPC was like choking us to death. Yeah, exactly. And yet now we are once again back into where we we won't address the issue by name. We have no plan to deal with it. And just like the Obama administration, Biden is now fighting this battle here at home in the media because they view all foreign policy crises as media issues at home. If you can spin it, you can make anything in the rest of the world seem okay. And they're getting away with it. Here's what's funny is things are so bad in Afghanistan that even MSNBC and CNN are starting to criticize Joe Biden. That's, that's how bad things are getting. Yeah, because nobody expected it to be like this. Like, you might expect the Biden administration to do things for climate change and for transgender stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think anyone ever expected him to basically turn his back on tens of thousands of Americans stuck in a Middle East country where they're essentially being taken hostage by people who will cut their heads off. Yeah, apparently there were reports while Biden was away at Camp David on vacation, not addressing the problem, that there was a rather contentious conversation between his office and the office of Kamala Harris to try to decide who was responsible for addressing the issue. Uh, Apparently Harris did not have very nice things to say about Biden attempting to put all that on her. But when you look at the two of them together, neither one of them is addressing it. She just flew internationally to, I believe it was uh, South Korea. Oh, Singapore, Singapore, I'm sorry. And on the the tarmac, she was asked about Afghanistan, and she gave us one of her characteristic joker cackles, got on the plane, and flew off to go do nonsense somewhere else. So it's just like the thing with the border. Biden couldn't deal with it, gave it to her. She didn't feel like dealing with it, so she laughed about it and went somewhere else. This is how they handle foreign policy decisions. But the fact that, you know, even some leftist media outlets are giving him grief for it. Uh, the, the right-wing outlets are for sure up in arms over it. Marjorie Taylor Greene filed impeachment charges. There's been calls for Biden to be impeached, for him to be court-martialed, all this stuff. It's a, it's a, a very- UK called for the court-martialing. <laughs> yeah, very elaborate uh, punishment for this. But now there's all, there's legitimate discussion of what kind of president would Kamala Harris be? Because this was so bad for Biden that he might lose the presidency over it. But he might be forced to step down. Yeah, nobody can really tell. He might be forced to resign. He might. Yeah, yeah. I like, I don't think he'll get impeached. He mm-hmm. might, I don't know. But um, 
I doubt he'll get impeached. I, I doubt that he'll get court-martialed, but I could see this as, as something that his own administration and the puppet masters of the Democrat Party will force him to resign. This will be this in a way, that's what they've always wanted. They always wanted a guy who would get their stuff in and then essentially cause no further problems. And then if that clears the way for Harris to become president, she would be one of the least popular presidential candidates of all time, who became one of the least popular vice presidents of all time, who became likely one of the least popular presidents of all time. So yeah, but it'll be it'll be hell of a run there. It'll be because of racism, sexism, and misogyny. Oh, of it won't course, be the, it won't be the fact that she's incompetent. Of course. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little doubtful that they'll make him resign because we took how much we or sorry we saw how much it took for Cuomo to resign it didn't matter what scandal he was in with the nursing homes the sex sexual harassment ones it took like over a year for new calls to have him resign so I don't think that Biden has totally fulfilled his purpose to them in the Biden administration I think they're still using him as a front and I think he has to be completely just mentally incapacitated to um, force him to step down I don't think it'll be this. I just don't, I just don't see it happening online right now. It, it depends on how much scrutiny it gets because there is the attempt to shift the narrative all of a sudden uh, with, you know, vaccine updates, new mandate things. Pfizer was just approved by the FDA. They're more than happy to embrace that because it gets everyone talking about something else. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously we could do a whole episode about Biden stepping down and the ramifications of that. But that pretty much seems like the ideal place to stop for now, because again, as we've said every time, this is an ongoing story and it seems to be trending for the worse with every passing day. So that there will be more updates that that deadline, that line in the sand that the Taliban drew is approaching. They have exactly one week before they we, we see whether they follow through on those threats or not. So if you wanna stay up on that, subscribe to the channel, Check out freedomwire.com for articles, other videos, everything you could possibly want. We'll have all that linked down in the description. Also, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you go for your listening material. Uh, check us out over there. Give us a download, follow along. And I will kick it over to Sean and Grace for any closing comments that you guys might have. What you got for us? I don't got any uh, closing comments. I think I said everything that I... I say whether they were a little too much or not, but <laughs> I mean, that's just how I feel. Um, I, I know this, I know this is going to get worse before it gets better. This is, this is, this is the beginning and this isn't even, this isn't even bad yet. This is, this is the, the calm, this is the calm before the storm of what's going to happen in Afghanistan. And that's, what's scary. There, there is going to be, it's going to get worse. And uh, it's unfortunate, but I, you know, this might be exactly what what was uh, in the in the works the whole time. Yeah, it's scary, alarming situation. Uh, Franklin Graham called for a, a day of prayer for Afghanistan. So, if you are a person of faith, keep everything in your prayers. This absolutely is the time when that's needed. So, on that note. We'll go ahead and leave you, people of America, until the next episode. 
thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your continued support. Like I said, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And in the words of Sean Ambrosino, whose closing line I am stealing today, thank you guys. God bless. Stay safe and stay free.